The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m., Sunday, September 26, 2021. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro. Pardon me. <clears throat> and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And I also want to give special thanks to one of our regulars who is here every week helping me out with the show and cheering me on and bemoaning with me at some of the things that we fuss about. But I always appreciate her support. So thank you for being here, Joan. Let me give you some welcome applause. Alrighty. So tonight's show contains spoilers, as always, up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Let me double check. Joan has not added anything in the chat, so let's go ahead and continue. So typically we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m. we'll go dark or mute, watch a new episode together, and then rate the episode between 1 to 10, 1 being, oh my God, kill it, and 10 being, this is absolutely perfect, more please. And we will also give you commentary during the commercial breaks and give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. This show is spoiler and comic free. So please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. I will let you know tonight there is going to be an exception because it is something that AMC mentioned. Um, And I will warn you guys when that happens, if you need to go get a drink or powder your nose while I'm talking. Okay. Um, We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented and any promotional stuff that AMC lets out in advance. All right. Welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. We are at episode six of eight before the first break of two happens. Next Sunday, World Beyond will be airing right after Walking Dead at 10 p.m., followed by Talking Dead at 11 p.m. I have start dates for everything for our listeners. Um, I have tried to tighten this up a little bit because it's kind of long, but uh, there's a lot to keep track of, so I want to help you guys keep track. And me too. So, uh, Season 11 will have three segments of eight episodes each for a total of 24. The first eight episodes will run up to October 10th and then take a break. I do not know when the second part of three is going to happen yet. Fear the Walking Dead Season 7 premieres October 17th. This is a week after The Walking Dead goes on mid-season hiatus, or the first one of two. Uh, Fear, in turn, will run the front eight episodes up to December 5th and go on break. There is a commitment to Fear Season 8 in 2022, which I imagine will integrate with the ending of Walking Dead Season 11 into the movie setup and the two new spinoffs and so on. World Beyond Season 2 is going to be woven in between the segue of Walking Dead and Fear. So World Beyond will start running October 3rd next weekend to December 5th. Assuming we will have the older shows at 9 and World Beyond at 10 each Sunday to make the schedule fit. This entry is very similar to Tales of Walking Dead, but they did do a thing for episodes uh, beginning July 15th, so it's over now, but you can probably see them in the archives on AMC Plus only. The Walking Dead Origins, uh, which featured a single episode on a single character. So they did Daryl, Maggie, Negan, and Carol. Pelletier, thank you, Joan, for the pronunciation. Um, According to the official description, The Walking Dead Origins We'll recount the zombie apocalypse from the perspective of one character, incorporating actor interviews and narration into each episode. In 2022, there's the fourth series coming, which is the Carol and Daryl show. It's going to have a real name later. We don't have it. In late 2022 or 23, there will be a fifth show, an episodic roadshow-style story, an anthology called Tales of the Walking Dead. There is no exact date set um, for that. And then Dead in the Water, which is a 
Fear mini prologue that came up in March of 2021. And essentially, it's the story of the USS Pennsylvania that Teddy blew up to really screw up fear. So it's kind of like, how did this nuclear sub just happen to get here? And what happened to the entire, pardon my hiccups, I'm so sorry, what happened to the entire crew? Because when we got Strand and Morgan there and they found everybody, the whole crew had gotten walkerized. And so there's no official release date at that yet. But a script has been completed by Angela Kang. And I assume it's going to have episodes. So it's probably one of several. Um, we don't know yet, but we're watching for Nick Stahl to return as Riley since Teddy's second command was originally the, weapon, the vessel's weapons officer. All right. So call in to speak with the host if you would like at 914-338-0314 any point in time tonight. But I encourage you, especially between 8.30 and 9 p.m., you can still call anytime, but you'll be screened and muted until the commercial break if you call after the show starts. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room, which you can access from the link that we always leave. And you can come and talk to us there, ask questions, and you can hear the show live and discuss it with people and so on. Um, you can go back to that link also and download the episode after the fact where it becomes a mp3 for later listening or you can just play it live on the website all that's fine if you're unable to join us in real time this evening you can go back to the link later download the broadcast as an mp3 by clicking on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page you can also download this and prior episodes on itunes as well as on blog talk radio tonight's episode is entitled on the inside official amc synopsis is Connie and Virgil hide in a house. Pope tests Daryl's loyalty. Kelly searches for Connie. I'm pretty sure by now, if you're keeping up, that you know that Connie's coming back this week. And I'm not talking if you watch on AMC+. I'm talking about if you paid attention to the last couple of episodes, they have been hinting this is coming. <clears throat> All right. I have an extended synopsis for you from comicbook.com, Cameron Bolomono, Usual Suspects. Uh, he wrote it last weekend, but still good for now. So Connie's back and trapped in a haunted house in the Walking Dead sneak peek. And he says, Connie's back but trapped in a house of horrors when R Lauren Ridloff returns to the Walking Dead. After escaping the collapsed cave where Alpha and the Whisperers hid their walker horde in season 10, it was Michonne's one-time friend Virgil who found Connie stumbling through the woods outside of Oceanside. When they hole up in a house, crawling with mysterious creatures in on the inside, uh, Connie and Virgil must survive together in their own horror movie episode of The Walking Dead. And a lot of fans have been commenting, The Walking Dead should always be horror movie episodes for the most part, you know, with some relief in there at times. But everybody's very excited that season 11 has reminded The Walking Dead that they are a horror show. All right. Quote, we're really excited to have Lauren Ridloff back as Connie. She went off and was in a different cinematic universe for a while, said showrunner Angela Kang of the Marvel's Eternal Star on The Walking Dead Season 11 preview special that was back in August. She's been a resilient survivor out in the woods, and we saw that she crossed with Virgil, and when we come up upon them, they're going to be in some danger with some people who are really far gone. I won't say much more than that, Kang teased, but they get to kind of star in their own little horror movie within the show, so she's been through a lot. Kang previously confirmed Connie's disappearance was to accommodate Ridloff's filming schedule on director Chloe Zhao's, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, it's Z-H-A-O, and Joan, if you happen to know how that should be said, let me know and I'll correct myself, um, Eternals. So she was in that. I actually did not know that's the reason why she was gone, but it's nice to see that. So... And the new movie released November 5th and starring an ensemble that includes Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek, Ridloff played the super, super fast Makari, the first deaf superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I got to call people out on that one. Technically, wouldn't that be Hawkeye? Because I know he's not completely deaf, but then again, neither is um, Connie, technically, I don't think. I may be confusing her with her sister, but anyway, I'm, I think that may be the second 
deaf superhero, depending on how they want to classify Hawkeye. Because <clears throat> last I know, he was wearing hearing aids. Uh, okay, let me get back to the story real quick. Quote, I think for the story, it's actually worked out quite beautifully. Uh, Kang previously told Insider about writing, writing Ridloff's absence into the storyline, sparking conflict between best friends Carol and Daryl and spurring Kelly to set off in a direction uh, in search of her missing sister. So I think that there's some really interesting stuff that came out of it, both Carol and Daryl, and she's a character that I think is leading with emotion for both of them. So sometimes those things that you have to do to help out a beloved actor also work out in your favor. And that is the extended synopsis. It's 841. Let me check in the channel. Joan has a couple comments. Um, okay. <laughs> Joan's like, deep breath, you got this. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, Joan's taking her deep breath over here and listening. Quote, to really screw up fear, even the nuclear explosions couldn't screw that show up any further. And as you guys who are regular listeners know, we have tried to give fear the love, but we've really had some issues with it. And Joan is barely hanging on, and mostly because I'm hanging on. And I am going to hang on with it, but I'm also going to be honest with you guys if I think it's got problems, because I'm sure I'm not the only one who's fussing, and we can talk about all that stuff. She also mentions, I think Connie is completely deaf and Kelly's losing her hearing. I know Kelly's losing her hearing. Is Connie completely deaf as a character, or do you mean Lauren Ridloff? I was just curious, because... Sometimes I wasn't sure. It's been very difficult for me to keep track of the status of their hearing enough. I'm not really sure what's going on. But according to Joan, who I think is trying to look it up for me and help me out, uh, Connie as a character is completely deaf and Kelly as a character is losing her hearing. And I believe, my, if my understanding is correct, that in real life, Lauren Ridloff is completely deaf or close to and Angel Theory is kind of in between, just like the sisters do. I'm not sure about that. Angel came on um, Talking Dead and talked about this once. And um, at that point in time, Chris Hardwick was already having to interview her as he would a fully deaf person, you know, having to talk straight to her. And they had captions and the whole thing. And she signed most of her answers. Um, and she thinks Connie, uh, going back to Joan, I think the character Connie is completely deaf. Can't remember she was always deaf or lost her hearing late, earlier in life. Looking it up, and yes, Lauren Ridloff is completely deaf. Okay, I just want to make sure that I say these things correctly, if at all possible. And apologies if I said something incorrect. And yes, Angel Theory is wearing hearing aids because she is losing her hearing. Okay. Well, I think it's awesome that in spite of these issues, they're able to incorporate that into the show, and it's good for the show, and it's good for the actors to be able to keep working with those issues. And also, I think it's good for the show to have people on there who have issues like that. Because, frankly, in a world like that, it's got to be even more difficult if that's someone like you. Because you can't hear walkers running around very well. Or maybe your other heightened sentences. Sentence. Senses. God, I cannot talk. I'm so sorry. The other heightened senses may help you notice them maybe in ways that hearing people don't. I mean, that they say that's very common. So I don't know. I'm just trying to portray each character correctly for you guys. And I'm very glad to see Connie return as a character and Lauren as an actor. Okay, let me go to my next notes. It's 8.44. And now we are at Writers and Directors Profiles. So tonight's episode was written by Kevin Dybolt and directed by Greg Nicotero. There was some confusion about that in last week's notes, and it was corrected on the site I get them from between then and now. So I apologize if I have confused anybody by repeating the things before they corrected them, um, namely that Greg was directing next week instead of this week, which is not true. All right, Kevin Dybolt's bio, born... March 4th, 77 in Buffalo, former Teen of the Week for the Lancaster New Era. He has a Bachelor of Arts in Drama from Ithaca College. According to his Twitter bio, he's uh, based in NYC, Jersey, and occasionally L.A. He's a father, lollygagger, telescribe, which 
I find a strange thing for him to say if he was born in Buffalo. So he may have spent some time in the UK, and I'm kind of just confused. Or he's being cute. I'm not clear. Hashtag The Walking Dead. Copper. Kevin probably saves the world. Borgia. Um, I collect spores, molds, and fungus. WGAE, which is the Writers Guild of America East. He has been on the advisory board for the Michael Collier Memorial Fellowship in Screenwriting through the Writers Guild Initiative since 2017. He volunteers for the Made in New York Writers Room Program, which is a fellowship program to support professional writers of diverse backgrounds in New York City through the Writers Guild of America East and the NYC Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment. I'm actually curious if they're still doing that since they recently switched mayors, I believe. Um, Sometimes I catch these things on social media and I don't remember them correctly, but Joan is uh, very good at helping me get that figured out. All right. Uh, Kevin's career has primarily centered on the television industry, leading to extensive experience with writing, editing, producing, and researching, as well as film prep and production. Kevin has miscellaneous crew credits as a writing assistant for Ed, 2004, assistant to executive producer for The Bedford Diaries, 2006, and assistant to executive producer on the TV film M-O-N-Y, with periods in between, in 2007. He was script cord for the series The Philanthropist in 2009. He has three other writer's credits in IMDb besides The Walking Dead, staff writer for Borgia, executive story editor for Copper, uh, and executive story editor for Kevin Probably Saves the World. Also writer, executive story editor for Havana Quartet, a new drama series developed for stars uh, back in 2016 or 17. Diebolt has been a co-producer for The Walking Dead for 16 episodes since the start of season 10. He didn't start at episode 1. It was in the middle of season 10. And he's been producer for 11 episodes after that since season 10, episode 17, Home Sweet Home. Tonight is his fourth time writing for the franchise. First was season 10, episode 6, Bonds. Second, the penultimate episode. Had to throw that in there. Joan's going to hit me. Season 10, episode 15, The Tower. Third was season 10, episode 17, Home Sweet Home, aforementioned. And tonight will be his fourth. All righty. Greg Nicotero, I read you guys this last week, so honestly I'm going to skip it for now. Y'all know who he is. You really should. Um, let's skip down to his Walking Dead work, uh, most of which I've already read you, but I want to update this to say Nicotero has previously directed 34 episodes of Walking Dead since 2010, the last prior being season 11, episode 5, last week, Out of the Ashes. Tonight will be his 35th time directing an episode in the Walking Dead franchise. He's already listed as having directed uh, four... Four more episodes. I'm trying to count here. Okay, yeah, I had to take some out because of the confusion about whether he's going to do it next week or not. So he is already slated to direct season 11, episode 9, the first mid-season opener, 11-16, the second mid-season finale, 11-24, the series finale, and the first of the Rick Grimes movies. He has played many walkers, including Agatha's walker recently in 11-3, Hunted. He has also been on the couch for Talking Dead 43 times, the last being after What We Become, Season 9, Episode 12, back in March of 2020. He also has numerous credits to multiple categories for both Fear and World Beyond, but there are so many. I'll just bring those up when World Beyond and Fear come up very soon in October. All right, so let's give them some thank you applause for all their work on the show. We appreciate you guys. <laughs> yeah, while I was reading all that, Joan is giving the side eye over here because I used the word penultimate, but she's too tired to hit me. <laughs> she's going to raise an eyebrow and go with the side eye. Yes, okay, that's fine. I'll take that one. Um, interesting, interesting name, Makari... Lauren's character in Eternals. Pronunciation not so easy other than emphasis on the first symbol, syllable. Oh, Macari? I, if you find a website that explains how to pronounce it, I'm happy to correct myself. I just was kind of winging it. All right. 
Let me get back to my notes because it is 8.50 and we want to try to get out what we can. Okay, so we did the writers and directors profiles and now we are at trivia. Tonight's show is the 159th episode of Walking Dead ever. In this episode, Margot Bingham, who plays the actual Stephanie Vega, and I'm sure that those of you who are keeping up also know about the Stephanie ruse. Um, so she plays the one that Eugenia hasn't actually met yet in person. Tonight, she is billed before Josh Hamilton, who plays Lance Hornsby, under also starring. This episode marks Jeffrey Dean Morgan's 50th appearance on the show. Co-stars, Eric LeBlanc plays Powell, who is a reaper. He's slated to appear in episodes 7 and 8 as well. Honestly, most of the reapers were when I named them a couple weeks ago. Ethan McDowell as Washington, also a Reaper, also next few episodes. Uncredited, we don't know yet, or we don't have any listed. Uh, trivia for last episode, which is not rendition. Let me take that back. It was out of the ashes. Okay. So that was 158th episode ever. First appearance of Lance Hornsby, the deputy governor at Commonwealth. There's a huge speech about that, but I read it last week. We don't need to do it again. First appearance of Stephanie Vega physically, Margot Bingham, Eugene's Commonwealth friend. And I had a query for you guys, but I don't know that we ever found out. Did Eugene ever say anything to fake Stephanie that would tip off the leaders that he was lying? Unless I don't know which Stephanie was on the microphone with him. I haven't paid enough of attention to their speech patterns to figure out which one it was. I think real Stephanie was on the microphone and fake Stephanie is in person, but I don't know why Eugene wouldn't pick up a different voice. So I'm really not sure, but I'm trying to figure out when he's talking to her in private of obviously she's checking out on him and figuring out what he's really up to. So I'm wondering if he told her anything private that would belie his interview questions. Cause he's had the biggest histrionics about, Oh, I'm a virgin. I'm here to come see Stephanie and there isn't anybody else. But then he talks about there is somebody else. And yet they have punished him for lying. They they look like they were about to. And then that fancy guy came in and said, you've been forgiven by the head honcho or whatever. Um, Joan, if you have anything to add to that to help me get some clarity and our listeners as well, uh, I would appreciate it. Let's keep going with the characters as much as we can. First appearance of Elaine, who is Rebecca Ray. She's a resident clerk at the Commonwealth, credited as clerk in Out of, Ashes, Out of the Ashes. First appearance of Vincent, Alexandria Team, played by Pilot Bunch. He was the sassy one that was very rude to um, Rick's daughter. I've completely lost her name. Callie Fleming plays her. Judith, thank you. Okay. Brain. Um, first appearance of Tommy, T-O-M-I, Tomichi Okamura, and that also means that now we know Yumiko's, Yumiko's last name. Um, they do have the same last name. I had to go look it up. Ian Anthony Dale is the actor. Yumiko's brother already slated to appear in two weeks in the episode Promises Broken, um, which will actually be next week now because this is notes from last episode. First appearance of Keith, played by Brad, Brad Fleischer. Um, he was with, no, 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 he wasn't with uh, Vincent. He was the whisperer who had taken over the, the dead skeleton of Hilltop. Uh, first appearance of Stephanie Vega, physically played by Margot Bingham, the real Stephanie. First appearance of Casey, actor unknown, K-A-S-E-Y, who's the florist at the Commonwealth. First appearance of John, played by Franco Barberis, who's a Commonwealth resident and credited as supervisor in Out of the Ashes. First appearance of the location, the Commonwealth, and there's a note. The Commonwealth is, you guys probably know this. I'm going to read it anyway, though. Commonwealth is a civilization of several united towns with over 50,000 survivors total. Its main community is located in Charleston, not Charlestown, but Charleston, like South Carolina, West Virginia, and is led by Governor Pamela Milton. It also has its own army. First appearance of Charles, who is another Alexandria young adult. Last appearance of Mays, who is um, Patrick, you know, the guy that was Terminator. I'm sorry, I'm 
mildly forgetful tonight. I apologize. That was in a dream. That was the dream sequence at the beginning of the episode. So there's all these villains from the past. A last appearance of Troy, Troy, who was zombified, and last appearance of the wolves in a dream. The title of the episode, Out of the Ashes, refers to the whisperers living in the burnt-out remains of Hilltop. It may also refer to Alexandria trying to rebuild itself. Starting with this episode, Josh Hamilton who is Lance Hornsby, and Margot Bigham, who's the real Stephanie Vega, are credited as series regulars. They're listed under also starring. Jesse Boyd, who's the blonde wolf, is upgraded from co-stars to also starring in this episode, which I find interesting because this wolf is an antagonist and a high-ranking member of the wolves serving as Owen's right-hand man and the group's second-in-command. But and that's been since season five, but Rick killed him in season six, and he's in a dream. So I don't know why he would suddenly be starring. So something has got to be up. But, of course, you know, AMC wouldn't tell us. Yumiko's last name is revealed to be Okamura. It is revealed that at least some of the Whisperers survived with a small group settling in the ruins of Hilltop. However, their leader, Keith, insists that they mean no further harm and are only trying to survive like everybody else. I don't know. I kind of feel like it could be true with Alpha and Beta both gone. But I'm also open to the fact that they made too much of a big deal how they're harmless, which of course means they're not. And Lydia is not willing to stick up for him. So we'll see. Anyway, Keith reveals Connie's survival to Aaron, Carol, Jerry, and Lydia and provides them with a the location where the Whisperers last saw her, which Lydia states is close to Alexandria. Um, here is the comic reference. And it was issued by AMC people, so please go get a drink or powder your nose or whatever you got to do for about two minutes. Let me just read this real quick. Yumiko being reunited with her brother is adapted from comic issue 176, where in the comic, Michonne is reunited with her daughter Elodie instead. E-L-O-D-I-E. It may not be pronounced that way. I don't know. Feel free to correct me. Um, the reason I bring it up is because the name of the bakery Tommy works at, Elodie's Treats, is a nod to the comic series because it uses Michonne's daughter's name that isn't in the TV show. All right, it is 8.58, and it's getting kind of close to going live, so I'm going to actually stop here, and then we'll get to the co-stars from last week and all the other stuff at the first commercial break. All righty. Let me see. Oh, Joan's got some more things to say. Let me see if I get to them. Uh, the first syllable is pronounced like ma, as in mom. The rest is either ka, kari, ma, makari. Like Colin Makari? Uh, whose line is it anyway? Uh, the problem is it's listed as a Hindi word, so the R sound is not the R as we know it. It's like a cross between an R and an L or a D. Uh, makari. And Robert Patrick, yes. Thank you for all of that stuff. I appreciate it. And I'm going to go ahead and go dark because we've got literally one minute before we go live. Thank you guys for joining us, and I will see you at the first commercial break. Okay, guys, it is 9.03, and we are already at the first break. I'm going to start with a 5.5. I like that they are going back to horror and the house is kind of fun and well-timed because Halloween is coming and it's spooktober. <laughs> it was well done, but it, I, I honestly don't feel like it was anything super r remarkable. It's just good that they've started doing it again because this is a horror show and they should act like it. So well done, but not real unusual start. Five, five from both of us. So what I'm going to do here, oh, <laughs> well, we got Robert Patrick's name. Joe was trying to figure out what else she needed to look up for me. Um, we, we're we not sure what to do with the pronunciation of Lauren's character in Eternals. I, you know, maybe I'll try to find an episode and see how they say it in the show, see if I can imitate it. I don't know. Honestly, I think you've looked up everything I've asked of you already. So I'm not too worried at the moment. We have a trailer for something made by somebody who worked on The Sopranos. I'm trying to figure out if it's like a gangster. Oh, The Many Saints of Newark, A Sopranos Story. Um, okay, and it's Wendy's. So let me keep going in my notes in here. Okay, 
last week's episode, Out of the Ashes, co-stars were Annabelle Holloway as Gracie, Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes, Ken Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree, Pilot Bunch as Vincent, it was Alexandria Teen, uh, Matt Mercurio as Charles, another Alexandria Teen, Rebecca Ray as Elaine, who's the clerk in the Commonwealth, Ryan Voe as Commonwealth Paper Pusher, Commonwealth Resident One, and Franco Barberis as John. Um, uncredited is very long, so I'm waiting to see. Fear of Walking Dead starts the 17th, we know. And we are back, so I'll pause and I'll read you that at the second break. Well, it's night 18, and we're just at commercial break number two. That was quite a thing. So I'm actually I'm going to go to six, but I have some reservations. We'll see. Um, oh, Jonah's doing the same thing. Okay, that's fine. Um, uh, Jonah had remarked previously a few minutes ago, wow, Connie was the one buried alive, but Virgil is looking even rougher these days. And these people, meaning Pope's, platoon or whatever these people need to die um pope first but probably even leah um and i had mentioned in that past scene he was talking about something on the 283 just for the record i forget where pope pope's thing is located but it's somewhere in the dc metro area there is no 283 if it isn't some extremely minor secondary road that they wouldn't use as navigation um i also said leah i'm unsure about where her loyalties actually lie as opposed to the loyalties that you put on when crazy people could kill you and very well might. And I'm not sure she isn't the sort to do that. Um, anyway, uh, Daryl does end up back with Carol for the, the new show. So who knows what happened? And Joe said that was gruesome and dark enough for a score rise to six. Yes, I agree with you. And, you know, it definitely is, oh, we remembered we're a horror show. So I'm pretty pleased about that part. Um, I do kind of want to see something a little unusual, though, because I don't think they can be fully redeemed from, oh, just now we're doing horror. It's not enough. It needs to be special somehow. Um, hmm. Joan has not been able to hear me. So I am unclear if you guys could hear me at all. I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Um, Joan, can you hear me now? Let's find out. I don't know if I need to repeat myself or not, and I'm not sure how long we have till we go back to the next break. Um, sort of waiting to hear from her as to whether she can hear me. Okay, she can hear me now. I'm I'm okay. All right, so I don't need to repeat myself. I, I'm glad for that part. You just missed me explaining the score that there's no 283 route in the D.C. area where they're supposed to, supposed to be, roughly. Again, Walking Dead people, if your continuity people need to be kicked in the doodads. Please come hire me as a consultant. I will fix all of this for you because I have 50 years of knowledge of what the heck is in this area. All right, Chris Harbrook's Talking Dead. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown and Lauren Ridloff are on the couch. I was going to tell you that later, but Chris already beat me to it. We're probably going, oh, no, we have a commercial. Okay, so let me see what I can shove in here before we go back. Uncredited people. Micah King as Ezra is the son of Nabila and Jerry, age four to five. That was his 10th episode starting season nine. Autumn Azul as Aaliyah who's the middle daughter of Nabila and Jerry, age three to four. This is her ninth episode starting season nine. Robert Patrick was May's archival footage. He was the primary antagonist of the episode One More, season 10, episode 19, uh, with May's Gabriel and Aaron. Um, Miguel Insignares as Mean Mug Savior in the dream sequence. Andrew Douglas as Troy, the hilltop resident. Jerry finds his body in the hilltop rubble as a walker. Um, we are still doing commercials, so I'll try to go ahead. Jimmy McAfee is Alexandria resident. Each one of these has a little story. Savior number 31 in season six. Anthony Pori is Alexandria resident, Savior 32. Body is being eaten by Walker when they find Hilltop. 
He's a former member of the Saviors where he served as a worker and lived in the sanctuary. After the apparent death of Rick Grimes in the fall of the sanctuary, he moves to Alexandria and serves as a soldier in the coalition since season seven. We are now back. I will finish the rest at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 928. We're at the third break. Holy crap. All right, Joan, can you hear me? Because I want to make sure that you don't miss a beat. All right, I'm going to 625. Joan's going to 65 with a big what the hell is that? Um, we were talking about Leah and whether she might be helping Daryl be counter spies, but she has history with Pope and matching tattoos that were talked about on Talking Dead last week, which I missed. And jo- good Joan can hear me. Um, so we both jumped it up because what in the Kentucky Fried Fuck was that thing going down the hall and chasing Connie? It's like something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. You know, some kind of inhuman something, something. On all fours. But it can talk. And it says things like hungry and beating down the door. I'm so sorry. I have the hiccups. Beating down the door. I don't know what the heck that thing was. Pretty scary. All right. I'm going to try to take a cough drop make these hiccups stop because that's super annoying. Um, let me run over to my notes and see how much further we can get in trivia. Uh, do, do, do. Okay. Back in uh, Alexandria residence who were not credited, but we know who they are. Mario Williams played an Alexandria resident, Survivor 91, and has been there since Season 8. Michelle Morano as Alexandria resident, Kingdom Soldier 30, since Season 7. This extra was originally killed off in Do Not Send Us Astray, but was brought back due to the fact their face was not being shown when she was killed. As of Season 10, Michelle Morano is now an Alexandria resident. She helps other residents bang on the wall to split up clusters of walkers along the wall last week. Uh, let's see. Tia Davis, Alexandria resident, Survivor 71, since season 8. Tia Davis was among several extras to be in two places at once in Wrath, as she was seen as a fighter in the final battle, but also fleeing into the woods with the other survivors on Hilltop. This is likely a filming error, as these two scenes were filmed on different days and casting double books several extras. All right. We are still in a commercial about secret deodorant. Okay. And somebody's wearing a flimsy dress. Okay, now there's an Apple commercial. Let's keep going. Uh, Rachel Hernandez, Alexandria resident, Oceanside Survivor 1 since Season 7. Gloria DeWeese is Alexandria resident, Oceanside Survivor 86 since Season 7. Catherine Spratlin as Alexandria resident, Oceanside Survivor 70 since Season 7. And Ian Kincaid as Alexandria Resident Survivor 207. Alex Barnes is Alexandria Resident Survivor 206. Matt Foster is Alexandria Resident Survivor 204. Uh, Kevin Cheek as Alexandria Resident Hilltop Survivor since Season 10. Stephanie McCarran as Alexandria Resident since Season 11 Survivor 213. Ileana McCreer as Alexandria Resident Survivor 89 since Season 8. One of the teens taunting Zombie Morgan Kid as well. Um, let's see. Rocket Mortgage. Now, are we going back? No, we're not. That's an advertisement. Let's keep going. Austin Green as Hilltop Refugee, Survivor 209 since Hilltop Season 10. Dalton Baxter as Hilltop Refugee, Hilltop Survivor 24. Dana Lee Rampy as Hilltop Refugee, Survivor 134. Trivia. Dana originally played a savior who was killed off in What Comes After. But due to her appearing far away, she was brought back as a kingdom resident since season nine. Bethany Casulis as a whisperer, survivor number two since season nine. John Prosny as a coalition soldier walker, saver 33 since season seven. This savior is a former antagonist, um, member of the saviors, and lived in the sanctuary. After the apparent death of Rick Grimes in the fall of the sanctuary, he moves to Hilltop and serves as a soldier in the coalition. And we're having a commercial for fear and world beyond and so forth. So I'm pausing for a minute to see if we go back. We did. I'll see you guys at break number four. (laughs) 
Okay, guys, it's 9.40 and break number four. And, oh, my God, holy crap, I'm going up to seven because I'm about to pee my pants. With all these, there's a lot of boo stuff going on tonight. But, honestly, I'm really kind of squirming around in my seat watching it, so I'm going to give him the props. Uh, Jonah agrees with me. and Well, damn, I'll go to seven as well. It, it's okay if you don't want to match what I've done. But Jonah and I tend to see the show's very similarly, so I'm not too worried if we're close in scoring. That's that's not really a big thing. Okay, so it is 9:41. Let me take a look at my notes and see. We got to keep going a little while. Um, where did we leave off? Uh, okay. The only uh, uncredited actor we had left was Gus Morgan as Child Walker. That was the Walker being tormented by teens. At the Wall in Episode 5, that's Augustus Morgan and Jeffrey Dean and Hillary's son. He's age 11, and he did a really good job with that. Um, death last week, Troy, who was zombified at Hilltop Left Behind. Rosita's mother just confirmed fate. There was a story about it. One unnamed Alexander resident, Savior 32 above, who was Anthony Pori, and many unnamed coalition soldiers who were zombified. Uh, no errors listed. Cast birthdays. Let's get this done. New I, I new person's birthday that I got from Talking Dead that I missed last week because I didn't catch it in time. Happy birthday, Margaret Grace Denig, who is Maggie Grace, who plays Al, Althea Shevchik Pragotsky. I had to look that up many weeks ago. Even though it looks like Pragotsky, but that's not how the Polish guy said it on YouTube. So... September 21st, 83, in Worthington, Ohio. Um, Going to repeat a birthday. Frederick E.O. Toy, better known as Fred Toy, director of Season 11, Episodes 3, Hunted, and 4, Rendition. Birthdays today, September 26, 67, in Los Angeles. Also, Daniel Bonjour, who played Aiden Rowe in Alexandria, September 28, and he's from Johannesburg, South Africa. And John Joseph Finn, who played Earl Sutton, the Hilltop's blacksmith, in season nine, September 30th, 1952, in New York City. All right, let's wish everybody happy birthday. And uh, Jonah said, having Michael Myers scream queen vibes without the screams. Yes, it really kind of is for me, too. All right. Um, we may be going back in a minute. We're still in a commercial, but let me see what I can get out of here. We did birthdays. Oh, one more birthday. October is Lou Temple, who played Axel in the prison, and that's October 2nd, 67, and he's from Louisiana. Happy birthday to you as well. Um, we have another trailer for something, but we have a little time. Featured music from last episode, Out of the Ashes. There actually were two songs that people captured. Three Speed Girl by Irvin Litke and Martin Kalmanoff at the bakery shop. And then The Entertainer by Burns Lotsky on the ice cream truck's speakers. Uh, unannounced, unaccounted for characters, pardon. Still for the moment, Heath, Rick, and slash Jadis and Georgie. I have a lot of reason to believe, based on premieres from AMC, that World Beyond is going to give us some idea of what happened to Rick and Jadis. Uh, still want to know where is Winnie from Season 9, Episode 14, Scars with Michonne. Um, I, I don't think we're going to find out, but I'm not letting it go. Um, what, Talking Dead tonight, which we already know, Lauren Redloff, who plays Connie, and superfan Yvette Nicole Brown. And then I have discussion links, but I don't know that we have that much more time. We'll see. Um we're not back yet. So, season 11, first break. Um, here's the last two episodes we're going to have before we go on hiatus for a bit. Uh, 160-7 is Promises Broken next week. Written by Julia Ruckman, directed by not Greg Nicotero. It's Sharat Raju. And that's on the third. And then also we'll have uh, World Beyond after. And 161-8 is For Blood. That'll be the first uh, mid-season finale. Writer is Eric Mountain. I'll have to figure out who the director is since it's not Greg. And it won't be Sherratt because that's next week. Um, that'll be on the tent. Okay, we're back. I will see you guys at break number five.
All right, guys, it's 9.56, and Joan and I are both, without even consulting each other, going up to a 7.5 for that kill and Connie using the viscera and getting them out of that hellish situation. Oh, my God, that is right from the exorcist spider walking on the stairs or the ring or something really creeping my ass out. Um, Also, not related to them, I noticed that in the other house, Daryl is loudly giving Maggie and all them a rundown of exactly what Pope and them have. And they did manage to get out of the house before they checked that storm cellar or whatever the heck it was. Um, so, yeah, we're we're both very excited about that. Um, Joe, do you happen to know, is Talking Dead starting after 10, like, you know, a few minutes over? Um, just trying to figure out what's going on. I haven't quite finished all my notes, so this actually works out good. I gave you the two episodes for the rest of the uh, first chunk of the season. Um, other upcoming shows on NDB Media are going to include, uh, normally we have Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega that has been preempted tomorrow night. at still at 10 p.m., but not on, uh, I don't think it's on StreamYard. It's listed on Blog Talk Radio. So um, they're having a kickoff of the year 14 on the air here at Blog Talk Radio, well, our specific NDB Media. Um, Monday Night in America, join us as we begin year 14 on the air. Back in 2008, on the last Tuesday in September, NDB Media premiered on Blog Talk Radio. We've been on air to cover news, current events, entertainment, self-help, politics, history, hobbies, travel, and much more. Join us as we celebrate our birthday. Fandom Access Week in Review Tuesday nights. Jamie, Karen, and AJ are discussing TV. The Rock and Roll Strength Radio Show will be on Wednesday the 29th. Um, join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. A uh, topic is to be announced. Travelage Radio on Thursday, the 30th. Why would a woman take a solo drive, driving trip experience a face-to-face encounter with a 2,500-pound buffalo and have all kinds of other adventures? Find out on Thursday, September 30th, when just returned travel author Julie Valerie joins Travelage Radio for a special 30-minute interview. Hear her visit with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee live at 8 p.m. This will be the 432nd episode of Travelage Radio in its 10th season on NDB Media. All right, we are still in commercials for a moment, but I have a feeling that we're going to be wrapping up any second now. Um, Joan has not happened to discover if Talking Dead is coming on immediately at 10 because it's like one minute, and I imagine... We're going to have more than one minute left of the last tiny little sequence. So it will probably be, you know, like five minutes after or something along that line. Um, so I'm kind of just stalling here so that we can get back to the rest of it. Um, the weird commercial that I don't really understand, and I'm not sure what is going on with it. Take on figuring it out. Oh, Facebook groups, whatever. Eh, you guys don't even need advertising. And now there's Kentucky Fried Chicken. So they're actually dragging this out. Maybe it's not going to go on until 10 after. Um, Joan said, Walking Dead until 10.04. So I guess they just have a little tiny snip at the end because there's not too much. It's 10 o'clock now, and we're doing this stupid Facebook commercial. Um, anyhow, just killing a little time because it's got to go back any second now. we got Rocket Mortgage and Bees. Doesn't make me too happy. Oh, yeah, bees on someone's head. That's good. Um, I Yeah, okay. I'm just waiting for the commercials to go away because I want to see what happens. Oh, my God. It has actually been a while since I've been jumping up and down like this and not really in the horror sense. Okay, we – oh, no, that's a commercial for World Beyond, but that's going to start next weekend at 10. Remember, so if you want to watch The Talking Dead, you got to sit through an hour of World Beyond first. Um, so anyhow, we should be going back. We are back. I'll shut up. See you guys in a few minutes. Okay, guys, I'm going to make this quick. It's 10.04. Talking Dead is starting up. That reunion between Connie and Kelly had me all totally up in my feels. Um, Joan and I are both ending on a 7.75, and Pope had better be dead sooner than later. Um, anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you for joining us. Not only everybody joining us tonight, but those of you who might be listening later via podcast, iTunes, or Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. 
We will be hope you'll be joining us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. And if you can, join us tomorrow night for our 14-year happy birthday party. Please watch our Facebook page for next, next week's showtimes and episode links for our show. Uh, see you all next time. Thanks for joining us again, and good night. <laughs>